Isn't that powerful? <laughs> That's all of our testimony. That's why we're all crying. Because <laughs> we look in the mirror. We're like, oh, man, you did that for me, Jesus. He did. It's true. It's awesome. So that I could be free. When we were at our absolute worst, at our lowest point, where we just felt absolutely desperate, that's why Jesus came. He came to destroy the work of the devil. And the devil's been trying to lie to us ever since the beginning. Even while we were little kids. How many of you guys have kids up in here? Isn't that crazy that one of your children could listen to a lie from someone that would derail what you've already spoken to them and spoken over them? The destiny that God has just given you for your kids. You speak life into them and truth and, and, and righteousness and peace. And you just speak their identity over them. And somehow along the way, Satan can come and lie to them and take them out of your house. That's the, that's the world. That's the reality. That's what's history. Our fickle nature, our flesh. Some of us just get tempted and we just go and wander. But Jesus is like, no, uh, not on my watch. I'm going to come get my kid. <laughs> I'm going to put him on time out for a minute, but that's my kid. <laughs> I'm going to remind him about what I've said. Because that was the first lie in the garden. Did God really say? Did your dad really say? Trying to get us all confused up in here. So Jesus was like, trying to teach his disciples he's like man you got to pray you don't got to go pray like the hypocrites that go pray these loud prayers but you got to pray he's, they're like well teach us to pray so the the scripture that's on the screen is let your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so that's what we're going to be talking about just briefly this morning let your kingdom come what does that look like what is the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is righteousness it's peace, it's joy, and the Holy Spirit on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus saw, or the disciples saw Jesus walk in power. They saw him walk in his authority. And what is the kingdom? It's basically where a king's dominion extends. Where he's in charge, where his reign is. And for all of us, it's in our hearts. But they saw Jesus extend his kingdom to sick people. To people that were lepers. To people that uh, had demons inside of them. They seen Jesus put his kingdom into uh, power and manifest his kingdom even with dead people. They, he brought them back to life again. He, he touched lepers and the leprosy went away. He touched a demon possessed man. He was just like sitting at Jesus' feet like in his right mind. He restores people when he brings his kingdom to bear. So he's like, man, just pray, let your kingdom come. And guess what? We don't get to do that in our own timing. We want to do things. We're like, but we have to watch what he's up to. And isn't that heartbreaking, parents, when you see your child going crazy and you're just like, Lord, let your kingdom come like right now. I brought him to church to hear the teen challenge testimony. Let it happen right now. But we're not the king. We're not in charge of his timing. Just like Robert Close says, I came for the girls. I came to church for the pizza and the girls. Guess what? There's people in here that are just here for the pizza and the girls sometimes, Pastor. But when the kingdom shows up in their life, when they're sick and tired of just eating pig's food and they're empty, there's been a deposit, there's been a seed that's been planted in their heart. And guess what? When they're old, they're going to go back to that. They're going to run back home because they know the father's voice and they know the enemy's voice. They know the voice of the stranger. 
Let your will be done. This is so important that God would teach us to pray this way, to join him on earth as he's powerfully delivering people. He's not done delivering people. God's not done with his miracle working power. So I wish you could see some of our before pictures. That's, that would have been the best testimony that you're, you're like, man, these people seem pretty good. I wish you could see our booking photos. I wish you could. I wish you could see us with our bag of uh, all everything that we own in the trunk of a car while we're living in a car. Jesus said, let your kingdom come to each person, to the highways and to the byways, to deliver, to restore, to be in charge. That's really what most of our problem is. We just want to be in charge. When a king comes, he's in charge. He has the final say. <laughs> it, it was like he didn't have to wait around for someone to pass a law. Whatever he said was the law. It took a little while for Jesus, and it's not, he's not done yet. But the disciples were confused. They're like, man, is it this time you're going to set up your kingdom over Israel? They were so concerned because they were oppressed by Rome, and they were oppressed by Herod, and they were oppressed by Caesar, and they just couldn't wait for Jesus to set up his kingdom in a political sense. And he's like, no, it's not for you to know the times and the epochs that are under the authority of my father. That's not for you to know, but what you need to do is be endued with power from on high so that you can be my witnesses, so that you can share about my kingdom everywhere that you go of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He basically said, I want to set up my kingdom in your heart. I want to be in charge of your heart so that you can show my kingdom wherever you go. He's like, I want to overthrow the king of your heart yourself. I want to destroy the works of the devil. I want to close all the doors that you've opened in your life. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what this is all about. When you get born again, it's kind of like crossing the Red Sea. It's a trip. You're just like, you had a slave driver of sin. Even though that you wanted to do good, you couldn't do good. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's not possible. You cannot do it. You need a supernatural miracle to deliver you from yourself and from your sin, from shame and from guilt. It's extremely practical. It's kind of like a great exchange. It's wonderful. I get to see it on a daily basis. I get to see miracles happen right before my eyes. I wish this was on like Channel 5 News. It's just not. But I'm telling you right now, what you just seen are miracles standing in front of you. It's, it's the good news. It's the gospel. So when you see a hopeless situation, I wish you could just like, have these little glasses that could see us like for who we were like 18 months ago or 24 months ago you'd be floored you'd be like bawling your eyes out I cannot believe the miracle working power of Jesus but that's the gospel we we don't bring anything to the table except for our baggage and our mess we bring debts that we can't pay we bring brokenness some of it is from other people you know neglecting us or abusing us and some of it's our own pain our own stuff, our own regrets, our own distraction, our own selfishness. This is a scary one. When you're in the church, you can even bring your own agenda. God's like, I want you to turn in your agenda and your time frame and what you want me to do. 
See, even the disciples got this backwards because God used them really powerfully. At the end of the journey, when he's like, I'm getting ready to go, I'm getting ready to go. He's like, well, who's the great, who's going to sit on your right hand, Jesus? They had pride that God was like, man, just lay that down. Lay down your pride because no flesh is going to glory in my presence. So we lay all those things down at his feet. And guess what? He does this great exchange. We give, us, we give him our pain. We give him our debts. We give him all of our stuff. We're like, I don't even know how to change myself. He's like, it's all right. Just come into my presence. I'm going to quiet all the storms and all the anxiety and all the fears and all of the worries. And it's just one moment in his presence changes everything. And that's a daily fight because we have to fight our flesh every day. Your flesh is trying to distract you away from the presence of God. Sometimes we don't even have the wherewithal like you heard on the testimonies, we don't even know what words to pray, but we just say, help me. Help me, Jesus. That's a really great prayer. If you just don't take anything from this message, you just say, help me, Jesus, and let him come and take care of business in your heart. He even said that in Matthew 6, that you don't have to have many words, like the Pharisees. They have lots of words. They're very religious. They have it all figured out. He says, your father knows what you need before you even ask him. So you don't think he's going to answer you when you ask for help? He's going to give you more than what you need. Why? So that you can share it with someone else. He says, freely you have received, now freely give. We love much because we've been forgiven much. That's why we're so crazy and radical and jumping up and down and singing with all of our hearts because we know what we've been forgiven of. We know what we've been changed of. We lived it. We're like, I don't know how I'm even standing here, but by God's grace, his grace towards me is not in vain. Really, what we have is like an eternal lifeguard. When we're kids, we're just kind of like, we got, I just picture like us with these little arm floaties like they used to give in the 80s. Those don't keep you alive. (laughs) Give one of those to a kid and let him jump in the deep end. He's going to be like, oh, cool, I got my floaties on. No. In our naivety, in our flesh, and even as a new Christian, we just kind of think, man, I'm unstoppable. I'm doing this. Or before Christ, even. I, I don't know if any of you in here, as a young person, you just kind of felt uh, like, man, Superman. I can't. I'm unstoppable. Nothing's going to happen to me. We can do that with pride or control. And pretty soon we start, we're like blowing bubbles. We're underwater. The good thing about his kingdom is he never holds that against us. Though we ran away from him, we ran away from home. He's like the lifeguard that's just like waiting. He's like, all right, I got to let you drown a little bit because you you need to know that you can't do this. As soon as we look up to him with just like those fearful, like teary eye, like, oh my goodness, like I really can't do this. And he's like, boom, he just runs to us. That is the prodigal father's heart. So when we pray, let your kingdom come. Sometimes we got to pray like Kayla. Hey, send her to jail, please, Lord. So that she realizes that she can't do this. Oh, get a three or four year prison sentence over her head. So she realizes she's in it. She can't save herself. By whatever means necessary, let your kingdom come. What if you aimed that prayer in the mirror? By whatever means necessary, Lord, my floaties, my pride, my job, my abilities, ain't cutting it. 
God, let me drown in my flesh. Let me drown in me and my self-sufficiency until I look at you and say, let your kingdom come. Let you be king of my heart. You be in control of my journey. You be in control of my schedule. You be in control of my resources. Until it's all yours, Lord, let me go down a little bit so that you humble me. But he's right there to scoop us up. He's looking for prodigals to rescue. Some of us need rescuing even in the church. But it's good news. He paid your debt already. He's not holding it against you. Love keeps no record of wrongs. He already took the stripes for your healing. Sometimes we're just like, Ashamed, like, oh, I still need healing? Yeah, you, you, you kind of do. Let your spouse let you know. That's like the best voice of the Holy Spirit is your spouse because they tell you the truth. Nothing but the truth. But the good news is the gospel, he rose from the grave. The same power that rose a dead Jesus from the grave is the same power that lives inside of each one of you. Sometimes we get overwhelmed. Sometimes we feel helpless. Sometimes we're like, I don't know if I can do this. This is a long journey. Sometimes we get intimidated. Sometimes we run out of strategy. He did the same thing with the people of Israel. He's like, man, I'm going to supernaturally break you free. You don't have no idea who I am or what my power is capable of. He's like, I'm going to break open a whole entire Red Sea. You're going to walk through on dry ground and everybody that's coming after you is going to die. He literally did that to a whole nation of two million people. Then he let them experience his presence for a while. Then he gave them a glimpse of their destiny and their responsibility. And they said, I can't do it. Of course you can't in your own strength. So they kept looking at themselves in the mirror. And I think that is what Jesus is getting at this morning. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is something supernatural. So guess what? When God tells you what he wants you to do, don't get punked out by Satan. It's going to be way more than what you think you can do or ask or imagine. He says he's going to do incredibly more than you can ask, think, or imagine. So don't look at the problem because they were like, man, you're giving us this promise, but it looks like it's already inherited by somebody else called Jericho, a fortified wall. He's like, well, guess what? Just take a step of faith. Finally, after wandering around for a long time, way too long, They finally take the step forward in that. And guess what? He dried up the ground again. It was called the Jordan River at flood stage. But guess what? As soon as they went through, he closed it back behind them. He's like, you can't ever go back. Or you'll die. Now now you just crossed into another country. Now you just declared war because you stepped foot on someone else's territory. So as soon as you pray that prayer, you've just declared war against Satan. So stop playing around like it's not a, it's, it's warfare. It's not a game. This might be kind of like hard for you to imagine, but the moment you step foot in the Jordan River, you've just declared war on a squatter that's sitting on Jesus's territory. So guess what? You're going to be attacked. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials that are going to come against you and the accusations that are true because you sin. I sin. We are sinners. We're not glorified yet. And you have to say, the blood of Jesus covers me. God, let your kingdom come. Lord, let your righteousness be mine again. I'm repenting. I'm sorry. I didn't do it the right way yesterday. But today, give me my daily bread. Jesus, help me. Jesus, it's not mine. I can't do this in my own strength. 
And then he's going to show you this fortified wall called Jericho that's like, it's stopping you from your destiny. And guess what? You're going to pray. A, you're just going to be out of words and out of strategy. You're like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what's going on. He's like, well, all I want you to do is just go for a walk. Yeah. No, it's got to be more than that, God. It's got to be way bigger. We got to sharpen some rocks or something. I don't know. <laughs> nope, just go for a walk. Amen. Oh, no, that didn't work. Guess what? Sometimes what you're doing isn't working, but all you're doing is obeying, and you're leaving the results and the time up to God. Sometimes that one-day walk seems like an eternity to you. You're like, man, I'm, I'm just obeying God, but he's not moving. Don't get mad at God, and don't accuse him that he's doing something wrong. This is a journey of faith. The just shall walk by faith. So don't give up when you're on your journey just saying, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you for my son trusting you for my daughter. I'm trusting you for my finances. I'm trusting you with my whole life. I don't see you moving. I don't see Jericho walls crumbling down like these people at Teen Challenge. But I'm trusting you. And I'm obeying you. That's what it looks like for the kingdom to come. That's what it looks like for, the, for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just trust him and obey him. It's that simple. Every single day. And then you let him do the miraculous. You let him do the supernatural. And then you just come in here with a testimony. You just worship. He's like, man, it was seven years. It wasn't seven days on my walk. But guess what? God did it. I didn't give up. I didn't grow weary. I didn't go try to drown myself back there where I came from. I just kept serving Jesus. So as we close, I'm just commissioning you. You have these little red cards. You have our phone number. We're trying to fill up our bed space. We got 700 beds. We have... We have empty beds. We don't have 700 empty beds. But I'm telling you right now, like, maybe God is calling you to be an ambassador of Teen Challenge. Maybe that's just step one. Maybe that's just day one. Tell someone that there's hope for them. Be uncomfortable. Someone's going to be like, why are you talking to me? I'm homeless. Why are you talking to me? I'm trying to get my connect to notice me. You're messing up my flow right now. Get in there. We can't do this by ourselves. We're the best kept streaker in, in Southern California. People don't even know that we're here. How is that? All these people know that we're here. We need you to be a voice. Amen. So can I just pray for you before I give it over to Pastor Drew? Heavenly Father, this is a dangerous prayer. But let your kingdom come. We do not want to be in charge anymore. We just lay it all down at your feet. You can be the king of our heart. You can lead us. And the best thing that could ever happen to us is let you let your will be known to us so that we can walk with you, so that we could be available to you, so that you could use us to share life and hope and redemption and restoration with someone. And all of it comes from you, Jesus. So I pray that you baptize us with boldness, the power of your spirit to get outside of our comfort zone of what we want to do. But I also pray endurance over us and protection over us. Because this is a journey, God. It's not a sprint. It's a long journey, this whole thing. We could be here for 50 more years. Serving you. Trusting you. Obeying you. And leaving the results up to you. We love you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.